If our faith is based on our emotions or feelings or experiences, then that is building it on a rickety foundation that is bound to crumble. Welcome to Good Monsters. My name is Cody, and uh, welcome to the show. I'm doing a good job at keeping uh, at least an episode a week. Hopefully this week I will be releasing two episodes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate uh, all of my listeners. The show is slowly uh, growing in listenership, and it's so encouraging to see. If you want to support the show, ultimately... The best thing you can do is just listen. You can also review the show or subscribe on YouTube, uh, review it on Spotify, which has reviews now. Go figure. Review it on Spotify if you like the show or Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also support me on Patreon. I've almost broken even with the subscription fee for the podcast hosting service that I use. Uh, But uh, again, ultimately, the, the best thing you can do is just listen. Uh, and also, you know, share with your friends and things like that. I appreciate you guys. So this episode, uh, I want to kind of revisit a subject that was one of my earliest episodes, which was the idea of feelings and uh, the the place of feelings and emotions and faith. So I'm going to come straight at you with some apologetics today. Uh, Apologetics is something that I have been passionate about for many years. I started studying and reading up on apologetics back when I was in, like, high school. And so it it has a very important place in my faith. Uh, and, And I think the reason that I think it's valuable to revisit is I think that there are some uh, practical cultural ramifications of, as a Christian, basing your faith um, or having a a larger place in your faith for emotion or for uh, feelings or experiences than there should be. I think uh, it, it it has this interesting cultural tie in that I want to bring up because, you know, I like tying things into the culture and being as practical as possible. So I'm going to come at you with some apologetics and some interesting cultural things to think about. So I want to open with this idea of, First and second things. First and second things is a concept that C.S. Lewis came up with. I think he has a a book or an essay called First and Second Things, actually, that that you can read. But the idea is, if uh, there are are things that we can place value on in the world, and there are things of primary value, of greatest value, and he calls those first things— And then there are things of lesser value that are called second things. And so C.S. Lewis's idea is if we seek the second things in life, if we seek the things of lesser importance, then we actually will end up losing the first thing. And if we seek the first things in life, then the second things that flow out of that Uh, We get for free. So we get everything if we seek the first things and we lose both if we seek the second things. Uh, And an example of this, I think, is feelings uh, in our faith. I think if we seek to feel God 
in our faith primarily, then we lose feeling God and we lose actually knowing God. We lose both. If we if we strive to feel God, if we make that the foundation of our faith, then we uh, we might imagine that we feel God. We might be able to trick ourselves into feeling God, but what we feel isn't actually God. Uh, I mean, you know, people can people can concoct religious experiences, and then people from other religions can have experiences. And so, if if we um, if we hold high value in this idea of feeling God uh, as a Christian, then we also have a really difficult time withdrawing the line for Muslims who feel God or Buddhists who feel their conception of God or um, Mormons who entirely base their um, their faith on their experience of, you know, God communicating to them that the Book of Mormon is true, for example. And so if, if we're using this argument of feelings, like, I believe in God because I had this experience one time or because, you know, I, I just, I feel whatever, whatever, uh, then that same argument will apply to other religions. And it's, it's a horrible problem when that argument applies to other religions uh, because the, the way that we prove Christianity, if any other religion can use that same argument to prove their religion then, I mean, if you buy into that argument, then you have to say, okay, well, multiple religions are true. Jesus isn't the only way. Uh, Or you'll have to say, well, those people's experiences aren't real and my experiences are real. But what makes your experience real? Experiences, by definition, are subjective things. They are things that you alone experience and that other people uh, can't because it's your own personal experience. And so if, if you're putting value in your own personal experience over other people's, then that creates this strange uh, issue of, of like, well, what, what makes your experience better? Because you experienced it? Well, so are other people experiencing their own experiences. It's very strange. Hopefully you see the issue with this. So if we rely on this argument from, from feelings or experiential evidence, then we're actually proving other religions. Because other religions rely on this as well. Uh, so that's that's an example of first and second things. Hopefully that makes sense. So uh, here's another interesting example that um, just over the past few years maybe I've, I've come to realize. But when I was growing up, like I said at the beginning, I uh, deeply valued apologetics. You know, my, uh, you know, when I first really started diving into learning about God, it was through apologists. Uh, it was through people like Greg Kokel and William Lane Craig and, um, you know, and people in those spheres. And it was wonderful. And I, I still enjoy apologists like Greg Kokel and there's also Elisa Childers and people like David Wood, uh, a Muslim apologist. I mean, well, a Christian apologist uh, working on evangelizing Muslims. He's cool too. <laughs> But anyway, I still very much value apologetics. But when I was younger, what I was seeking, I think, was all of this logic and evidence and reasoning and, um, you know, reasons for the resurrection, evidence for the existence of God, evidence for the reliability of scripture. And I got those arguments down. 
And, um, you know, that led me to say like, well, if, if I one day get evidence to that, uh, you know, these arguments aren't good enough, then, then yeah, I'll, I'll go wherever the, the evidence leads. And I don't know, I think I would still say that, although I would say it with a different mindset, uh, knowing that there is no other way that the evidence can lead because this is true. Uh, so and you might not really be able to understand a difference between those two things, but it makes sense in my head. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I was doing back then with apologetics when I was in high school and college was I was uh, using evidence and reason and logic as uh, I was seeking that, which that's a second thing that we use to know God. Um, and I think that's above emotion because I think um, emotion, you know, can change and, and logic and reason and that stuff that can stay the same. But uh, I, I think I was valuing apologetics over God and that was a problem. But I think evidence and reason is much closer. It's much more closely tied to knowing God knowledge i mean it's knowing things it's it's truth you know understanding truth the knowledge of god uh is is the way that we are saved not the feeling of god that's not the way that we're saved we have to hear the gospel and understand it uh, and our feelings can change uh, even even jesus himself felt like he didn't want to um be crucified you know he felt that God in some way had left him on the cross. Why have you forsaken me, Father? Um, and these feelings, these human feelings, they can change. But thankfully, Jesus' faithfulness did not rest in his feelings, but it rested in his knowledge. And, uh, and then that was very closely connected with his faith, much more so than feelings. Uh, so anyway, another uh, another anecdote from my life was when I was a missionary in Japan. I uh, in the same month, incidentally, I uh, encountered two Jehovah's Witness missionaries because I guess all these people always travel in twos. So I encountered these Jehovah's Witness missionaries, and I also encountered these Mormon missionaries. And um, and I'll just focus on the Mormon ones, but their argument, uh, if you've ever had the pleasure of encountering a Mormon missionary and having a conversation with them and learning about their faith. They, uh, their faith is very, very emotion driven. There's a part in the book of Mormon that says like, pray to God and God will reveal to you if it's true. Uh, and then if he doesn't, then, you know, you either, you're not worthy or you're not sincere. Uh, it basically says if you pray and you're sincere enough, God will reveal to you the truth of the book of Mormon. And, Stuff like that should send off alarms in your brain. You should say, "Wow, well, wait a minute. That's like begging the question. That's a, that's a loop here. So if I sincerely pray, like if I'm not a Mormon and I pray to God and say, God, if this is real, just let me know. And it doesn't happen. Then what the Mormon can say is, well, you just weren't sincere enough. Your feeling, your experience just wasn't good enough. And so... Yeah, they they do the same kind of thing that Christians uh, of this type and then people from all kinds of other religions do 
where they base their faith in emotion. And we do that because we are emotional creatures, and that's not a bad thing. But but the problem is when we base our whole faith in the feeling and don't understand the feeling as a second or a third thing that comes from the knowledge of God. When we have faith of God, we can also get the feeling. But if we seek the feeling first, we probably don't even get an actual relationship with God. Because the Mormons are sincerely seeking God through their feelings. Uh, Many other religions do the same thing, again, because we are emotional people. And here's the cultural tie-in, if that wasn't good enough. Incidentally, our entire culture likes to base reality, uh, objective truth, on subjective feelings. I am a man because I feel like I am a man. I know that... God zaps secret messages into my brain at night uh, and lets me write the Passion Translation because I feel like God visits me in dreams and zaps secret messages into my mind. That's That doesn't fly. That's not how reality works. Just because you feel some way doesn't mean it's true. Your feeling has no bearing whatsoever on the truth of a thing. It doesn't matter if you feel like God exists or not. It doesn't matter if you feel like Christianity is true or not. It matters if it is true. And if it is true or not, has nothing to do with how you feel about it. You might not have heard this before, or, I mean, hopefully my listeners know this uh, and, and know better than to fall into these traps, but you can at least pass this on to other people. Their feelings don't matter to truth. You are nothing. You're less than nothing. You are incidental to God's will. You are less than an ant. You do not control God. God is your Lord. You are not God's Lord. God doesn't live locked away in some deep recess of our hearts where we can poke him like some kind of animal in a cage and make him do tricks and give us healing powers. God doesn't answer our prayers because we say the right stuff. We are incidental. Nothing we do can uh, control God in any way. And so we need to be aware of that. And that very biblical knowledge can lead us to understanding God better and actually glorifying God. And I think that's what I didn't understand back in high school, even when I was studying, uh, deeply studying apologetics, because I was thinking that the evidence is what proves God. When in fact, it's God that proves the evidence. The fact that God exists necessitates the existence of this evidence. So I was in some way getting it flipped upside down. I was getting the first and the second thing flipped. And so that's possible too. Uh, Evidence and and logic cannot be our God because in a way we can can misunderstand evidence and logic. Uh, There are, you know, there's there are like Bart Ehrman types who are um, uh, scholars of the Bible. Let's say if if you can even call him a scholar, <laughs> but he 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 thinks it's all hogwash. He thinks it's all fake. Uh, he he disregards the evidence of the reliability of the Bible. Something I was told uh, when I was a lot younger. I, I asked myself, how can 
how can so many smart people be atheists? And I was told that these people, they don't have head problems. They have heart problems. It's not, I mean, our emotions can, can push us towards what we think is in the direction of God, but they can also just as easily pull us away. And we don't want to base our faith in the very same thing that makes Bart Ehrman not want to be a Christian. Uh, it's the problem of evil that pulls people away from Christ. It's an emotional problem. It's not a lack of evidence for the existence of God because the Bible says that the evidence of the existence of God is all around us in nature. Just looking at everything, uh, some deep part of us knows that there has to be a creator for creation. If something begins to exist, it has to have some kind of cause. It can't just happen randomly. There's no evidence for multiverses. I don't want to get too technical. But, uh, yeah, we, and again, like I said, the cultural tie-in, we can't just feel close to God and be close to God. We can't just feel like a woman and be a woman. We can't feel like a man and be a man. Uh, We either are or we are not. Our whole culture, even our churches, are falling into this trap of feelings and emotions. Churches are full of, you know, what do they have now? Lights and fog machines, and they want to create an emotional experience, and doctrine takes a sideline. You know, even when I was preaching, I was tempted to do this very same thing, and I am ashamed to say that I did many times prioritize uh, creating a more of an experience than I was um, creating a, a solid doctrinal foundation, let's say, uh, for for the, the youth services. And then uh, just youth services in general uh, is a whole other problem that we can talk about in some other episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so I read this analogy recently in a book I started reading uh, called Gashmu Saith It. Fun title. You should look it up. I think it's a, a great book so far about building Christian communities. But in the book, it says that if you go into your basement or in your crawl space or whatever, your house has a foundation. And your foundation is going to be built from unsentimental concrete. There's going to be gray stone and steel and concrete at the bottom of your house. You don't want to live there. You don't want to lay on the concrete floor and sleep. But if you go up to your living room, uh, you have a sofa and you have curtains and cushions and carpet and all that stuff that makes your house uh, desirable. To live in. It, that's the stuff that makes you enjoy living in the house. But if you were to roll up your carpet and pile your curtains and your cushions and your sofa uh, up on the ground and try to build a house on top of that stuff, the house wouldn't last very long. In the same way, if we build our faith on our emotions, our emotions can rise and fall. And if you take a house and you throw it around, uh, it, it crumbles. You know, if you take a tornado to a house, it falls. And so we need to be building our houses on something, our the house of our faith, on something that doesn't move, that doesn't shift, like our emotions. Our emotions can shift constantly, but our emotions and our feelings are good things to have. In fact, I believe that I have good arguments for the existence of God. I believe that I know God, and I feel like I know God. I have the feelings, 
But I also recognize, and I'm not even bragging either, because I also recognize that I could lose those feelings. And if I ever feel left by God, or if I ever feel alone, or if I ever have some kind of, um, you know, if, if, if I feel any kind of negative emotions towards my faith one day, and I'm sure that I will, I will still have those other things. I will still have the foundation, even if I lose the curtains and the cushions and the sofa, and I can still live in that house. So even if I lose the emotions, I'll still have the foundation. So we need to be sure that we're building our house on the firm foundation of the knowledge of God and not the emotions of God. And that applies to everything. We need to be building the foundation of all of our life on the first things and not the second things. And feelings always are second things. Basing our worldviews on feelings lead us and our churches to crumble. They lead churches to doing uh, drag, what is it? Drag queen story hours and falling into progressive Christianity and falling into all kinds of other horrible sins. It leads our seminaries to preach critical race theory. These feelings, you know, it leads people to be like, I, you know, I want to, to, it feels, it, it makes the crowd have power over the seminaries when they say, I want you to teach about race and racial reconciliation and systemic racism and all that. And the leaders of the seminaries feel pressured and they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do whatever you want instead of teach just what the Bible says. And so building our faith on a foundation of feelings and not truth makes our seminaries crumble. It makes our denominations crumble. And because our faith ought to be the foundation of our entire life and our nation, it makes our nation crumble. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. So we need to turn our own faith around. Uh, If we hold in too high regard our feelings and our um, emotional, uh, the emotional weight that we believe our faith has. We need to turn that around to understanding that the knowledge of God is the thing that saves us and not our emotions. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. That's all I got for you today. And I'll catch you next time, uh, hopefully later this week. So God bless.